Ranch Hand Records presents the Fall Alt Fest at Luna Azul Farms on Saturday, October 21st. The doors open at 4 o'clock. The music starts at 4.30. This is an all-ages event. Families are encouraged. There are no tickets needed, but you can pay what you can by donation at the door. Please remember to bring your own picnic, your beverages, your chairs, your easy-ups. It is a backyard party with four great original music artists. Starting out with the solo eclectic multi-instrumentalist from Rockbridge County, Katrina Starfish. From Seaville, Virginia, tenderness and absurdity and distortion in three-minute ditties with Girl Choir. Out of Palmyra, Ranch Hand Records' own To Be Fair brings their passion, pain, and promise from a whisper to a scream. And wrapping up the evening out of Stanton, Virginia, spacey, swirly, curvy, shoegaze, reverb rock of Bremen. Remember, the doors open at 4 o'clock. Music starts promptly at 4.30. Luna Azul Farms, Troy, Virginia. You can find out all about it at ranchhandrecords.com. That's the algorithm. Well, good old algo. Good old algorithm. So how are you feeling about today's uh, topic? Uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I don't, Sweet. I don't, I, I'm going to make up for a lack of quantity with, uh, with high-quality stuff here. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, the whole... The whole reason that I came up with this, uh, well, we had actually talked about it before. It's like, you know, cover songs that that uh, make a difference. Um, but the whole reason was one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite podcasts did a best cover song, you know, like best of all time ever cover song thing. Yeah. And I can't disagree with with their final, you know, selection. But the getting there was driving me nuts. <laughs> it was because they're like they completely skipped over some of the best cover songs, uh, and and were bringing up you know pretty awesome cover songs like like um, oh what a cake do oh oh god that's uh, I will survive best. yes I love Cakes, that song. I will survive. Um, it was, I mean, it's a great cover song, but it was, you know that should not be like one of the pinnacles of cover of coverdom, you know. Yeah. In my opinion, <laughs> I, I get that. Uh, God, we're in it. We're in the show now. So uh, should we just? Well, then it? roll the bean foot. I mean, roll the song. Hello, and welcome to Small Things Considered. We know that tens of you are out there just dying to hear what our new opinions are. And we're back every other week to tell you what our opinions are so that you can maybe listen, maybe tell your friends, maybe like it, maybe subscribe, maybe not. Who knows? We're doing it either way. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Because I made a little sign for my door that says recording, and I got to use it as as much as I can. Gotta use so. it for, I need one of those for my house. <laughs> I can send you the I can send you the PDF if you like. Perfect. So uh, today's topic, uh, you I said, what do you want to talk about? You said cover songs. Uh, cover songs. Cover songs, and uh, I thought, not cover bands because I've been I've been in a uh, lengthy. Uh, weekend uh screed with the cover band central folks which is oh uh, yeah are you arguing with they them just, no not really they're arguing with themselves and i'm are you talking about whether I, or not they should I, be allowed to have ipads on stage no no we've we've grown past that good now there was I, a, I spent a week recently in cover band uh, central, uh, central. I guess that's maybe not. The, it's uh, Nashville. Is uh, I mean, yeah. There is more cover bands there than probably in the rest of the country combined. Uh, and there, I mean, there's two or three in almost every honky tonk for five blocks on South Broadway from 10 a.m. till 2 a.m. 
it, it's it's an insane amount of bands playing music there every single day. Uh, and every single one of them had either an iPhone or an iPad mounted to their mic stand, uh, it, multiple on stage. Uh, any any, any uh, cargo shorts? I did not see any cargo shorts, no. Oh, uh, thank God. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that would probably not uh, get you a repeat gig in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one would hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you're down in unless you're down in South Florida or something, I can't uh, I can't imagine. I wore shorts one time at a gig because it was such a throwaway gig that it was that I I brought clothes to change into, and it was literally like three people in this guy's backyard, and I'm like, no, I'm just gonna get drunk. We're gonna play our thing, and and I'm gonna go camping. And you're getting <laughs> that's you're the, getting the cargo shorts. Yeah, you're getting the cargo shorts. Um, you know, as the drummer, I think I'm allowed some leeway with the shorts, right? Because drum- oh, absolutely, drummers, yeah. drummers get to wear shorts if they want to. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's like our uh, our drummer, Modern Logic, almost always wore shorts because it would get so it get. Of course, it would get blistering hot back there because that's where the lights were. Ah. And that's uh, and he was right under he was right under the lights, <laughs> and that was back in the day when they were. When they were incandescent and they were 500 watts a piece, and we had 64 of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, about 24 of them, or no, 30 of them, are right above him. So uh, it was it was well. He had a big fan and a, and got to wear shorts and. <clears throat> but that's yeah, that's pretty standard for the for the folks. But it's funny because it was. Uh, that you brought up Nashville with the cover, you know, kind of cover band central uh, there because this was about a club in Nashville who was, which was an originals only club. And they had a little, they had a little sign up, uh, I guess in the green room. Did you see that? Cover band central. Yeah. (laughs) And I kept thinking back to the blues, the blues competition that we, that we played in and you know you could only use the back line you couldn't you know and what what was it five minutes changeover or, or 10 minutes yeah it was it like was five really, or 10 minutes changeover if you ran over you lost a song and and there was you know they were very strict about it and uh we were quick because we were just an acoustic in a in a cajon and uh, we actually got another we got an extra song out of it it's because we oh yeah we beat the time and it was and I was trying to explain to people, you know, to the Covered Man Central folks that, that you know, not everybody goes and, and plays the Moose Lodge and can set up and and take your time and, and you know, get all your little P's and Q's in order and everything. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, you got 10 minutes, baby. If you go over 10 minutes, then that's cutting away from your set. And, oh, by the way, your set's only 30 minutes to start with, so... They'll run five bands, ten bands through a through a place uh, like that. In be quick in and be evening. good. Yep, be quick, be good. Play all of your best stuff. And it was also like no cover songs. Period. It's like we don't want to hear your. We don't want to hear your version of Wagon Wheel. You know. So yeah. Which you know, Wagon Wheel. Uh, let's talk about that one for a second. Because okay, that one, so that's that's one of the top covers ever. Um, and, 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 and it is controversial too. It, I love it is. It makes my list of one of the worst covers ever. Uh, I, meaning the Darius Rucker version, because mm-hmm. uh, that's the cover song, uh, right? Yeah, the Old Crow Medicine Show uh, was co-written by them and Bob Dylan uh, at very different times. Uh, but uh, that's the original song. Is the Old Crow Medicine Show great song? Uh, my my band, our band, Ice House Road, played it many, many, many times before Darius Rucker did it, uh, and then a few times after he did it because it became clear that it was being overdone. Uh, yeah, at that point, <laughs> that's when the signs started going up. Yeah, no wagon wheel. <laughs> it, it, it kind of annoyed me that it took the Darius Rucker version to take that song to you know to new heights. Uh, the heights that it did reach, and people don't think of it uh, as an old Crow Medicine Show song, because they deserve all of the accolades for the quality of that song. 
Yeah, because he didn't change it at all. I mean, he just they just played it, and um, and you know he didn't really put anything on it that was not already there. Uh, it just happened that he had a huge record company behind it, which Old Crow Medicine Show did not. And it you know, and also he put it was you know pitched to country yeah. radio, which was which is. Um, completely different than rock or alternative or Americana radio. Uh, and they, when they get behind something, they get behind it. I mean, it's going to be, you're either, I mean, you're either nothing or everything on country radio, basically. Yeah. Having that big country vibe, having the full band and the drums and all of that. Uh, I get why he would do that and why it would be successful. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, it, it had appeal, ma- mass appeal, whereas the original sounds more like Appalachian music and is not instantly appealing to everybody, despite the fact that once you listen to it, you can't stop. That was my experience with the original song was once I found yeah. it, I was like, OK, I just need to listen to this over and over and over again because it's that great. Yes, it was. And uh, still is. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great song. I definitely 1000 percent prefer the original version uh, but that was uh, during that time period, once, especially once it started getting overplayed, I think. It, but it, this, I have a feeling that this ended up before, happening before that, before the Darius Rucker. I was down home for something to visit my family or something, and there was a sign uh, on one of the one of the little little places to play. And, that, of course, that's the... The birth, uh, birthplace of country music and everything, Bristol, uh, Virginia, Tennessee. But there was a big, fairly large sign on the, uh, you know, on the on the stage, right off the stage, it said, uh, "Do not play wagon wheel. If you play wagon wheel, we will turn you off, and you will not get paid." <laughs> I, I have seen this sign. I've been to Bristol, Tennessee, one time. A friend recommended a uh, pizza joint down there, and I was I was passing by, so I stopped into Machiavelli's. Had a pizza, mm-hmm. literally was one of the best pizzas I've ever had. But it was in the middle of the day on like a Wednesday. Nothing happened in this, in this place, and they ha- I could clearly had a stage. And I walked around while I waiting for my pizza and saw that sign that you just described. And mm-hmm. uh, I said to the waitress, "That's a pretty funny sign." Uh, she's like, "That's not a joke." <laughs> That's well, not- and, and and I have a feeling I know why that is such a a bad thing in Bristol. Because in Bristol, they are part of what is called the Tri-Cities. So that's, you know, you have the Twin Cities, you know, the two, and it's already a Twin City. It's a Bristol, Virginia, and Tennessee. But then there are two more cities. Johnson that are City. Johnson City. Yeah, Johnson City and Kingsport. And there's, it's always been kind of a rivalry between oh. Bristol, Kingsport, and Johnson City. Oh, so and Bristol's feeling a little butthurt that their city wasn't they the are, one that got named I, in the song. I think, that that, uh, I think that that played a part in it. That's why I said, when I saw it, because you saw it after the thing, right? Way after. This was, yeah, this you was saw like it way after. See, ago. I saw this... I, I saw this way before, well, not maybe not way before, but I saw it before the takeoff, and I was just I cackled because it was just hilarious. Yeah, and and uh, and that's I'm pretty sure I didn't ask ask anybody, but I'm pretty sure that that has a lot to do with it because just you know it's it was Bristol, it was not you know it wasn't in the it was downtown, it was not in any surrounding anything or anything like that. It's and uh, and there is definitely some competition. Uh, between you know Bristol, uh, Bristol Kingsport, and Johnson City. I got a feeling if Bristol had more syllables in its name, it would have worked, and maybe might have made the song. Maybe they should. Maybe that's the problem. Not enough syllables. Well, that was yeah. I mean, Johnson City just fit, just fit perfect. And uh, <laughs> but uh, on, uh, from Old Crow Medicine Show, from there, they more and more likely were playing in Johnson City than in Bristol. Because okay. there's a couple of listening rooms in in uh, in Johnson City, especially at the time that they wrote. Because that thing, that song is like what thirty years old, something like that. I mean, it's not. Uh, can you, if you want to, I will look find that out. Up I don't think it's that. While I'm mumbling, it seemed like it was really old. It was like from the '90s or early 
very early aughts. Uh, all right. Old, first off, let's uh, now that I'm pulling it up on Spotify, take, take take a guess how many times it's been listened to the original, the old Crow Medicine Show version on Spotify. Uh, 10 million. 152 million times. <laughs> and it was originally released on the album OCMS, uh, Old Crow Medicine Show, in 2004. Okay, so early aughts. Yes. And... So it's right, it's 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. And if we go to the Darius Rucker version, let's go to his page. Of course, it's his number one played song as well at 632 million times. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and that came out in 2013. So we let him have it for nine years. But you know, you want to know the best part about that? What's that? That six hundred and thirty-two million streams. That goes all those, all that money goes to Old Crow Medicine. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's Bob, the best. And Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. He had actually forgotten about the song. When yeah, the, that, and that he, story. He just it was just some scribbled notes uh, that they found that somehow they were allowed it to was, have access to. And uh, they took. Well, uh, they were. I think they were in the house that the Big Pink, uh, and, and rummaging around, or one of it was in one of the studios that he was that he had worked in, and just you know there they had been tasked with kind of cleaning it up and and uh, just hunting. So they just were having a field day hunting, you know, hunting through old stuff, and they found it. And basically, they and, uh, uh, they took his stuff and made it the chorus, and then they wrote the verses around verses, the chorus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had written that for uh, for Pat Garrett and, what was it, yeah, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, or, oh, uh, shoot. The one that he, that he ended up writing... Uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door for okay. same. I don't know. Same movie. It was that movie, and um, and he had been working on that. And they're like, "Nope, we got, we're done. We we got everything we need." And he's like, "Okay," and uh, and that was it. And he just got shoved away in a box someplace. And... I'm so glad that without any real uh, coordination, that our first topic was Wagon Wheel on this cover <laughs> cover songs episode. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to diverge in a big way here pretty soon with the two that I want to bring up. I have, I'm not going to reveal them yet, just the premise. I have okay. two cover songs that I still think are better than the original, and I'm pretty sure both of my choices are going to piss most people off. <laughs> so... Including you, are always go. You're you're going for the controversy, including man. I love you. that. Yeah, these are including the, me. Oh uh, man, yeah. I'm I'm titillated. I, I think one of them more than the other one. So uh, what are you right. what are you bringing to the table besides wagon wheel here? So well, I wasn't even bringing wagon wheel here. Uh, it was you know in the back of my mind as it always is. Um, but uh, did you want to just throw out a couple? couple others you know like honorable mention songs or anything sure. that just comes i think one of the ones that comes to mind is one of the songs that we we do currently uh which is peace love and understanding uh excellent song very few people realize that elvis costello did not write it i've always thought of uh, it was an El elvis costello song yeah it was a nick lowe song he did it with on uh, nick lowe and did it with brinsley schwartz uh and and it was just kind of bantering around and elvis heard it and he called him up because they were they were buds and it's like hey would you help me would you help me i want to do i want to do a version of your song and and uh nicholas said, like sure you know if, you know if you sell if you sell any i'll make a couple of bucks and let's do it and and uh, that became his first that became uh elvis costello's first hit um off of um my aim is true i think of the first album and <clears throat> then of course that i mean it uh the one thing that i did agree with um with on on the other podcast i was listening to was they said that kind of defined that era of music uh of the of the trans uh, the transfer from solid punk into the post-punk new wave era and it did it because it had you know it was kind of you know, it was very, it was very bright, and, and you know, 
bright and sad at the same time. You know, it was it was a lot of mixed emotions going on in the song itself, but at the same time, it's it's uh, it kind of uplifting. You know, an uplifting song. Yeah, it's kind of like some of my stuff. <laughs> so um, I've got a list of cover songs. These these are not the two that I think are going to piss people off. Although some of these might. Uh, but cover songs I really thoroughly enjoy uh, as much or more as the original. So uh, the Gourds version of Gin and Juice is oh yeah, sig- oh my god, significantly more fun to listen to than the original by Snoop Dogg. I love that one. Uh, you mentioned already cakes. I will survive. Uh, I absolutely love that version. Uh, I and you know, like with so many of these, for me, it, it was a matter of which one did I hear first. Despite the fact that I will survive has been around longer than I have, uh, I, I don't. That song was never on my radar. I never really heard it until I heard the cake version, and then somebody's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's a cover. I'm, what? No, I went and found the original. I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right, Gloria Gaynor, pretty good song, but I still like the cake better. That's the, the ori- oh, yeah. That's the original to me. First I was afraid, I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong. I grew strong. I learned how to get along. But that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of, of uh, cover songs. If, you know, sometimes you don't know. Just like you didn't know that that wasn't an Elvis song, yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, oh well, this is you know, this is a great song. <clears throat> but then when you find out that that there was you know that it was actually a great song before that, but just totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it you know it puts new things. But now with with I will survive. I love the Gloria Gaining version back in the 70s i mean that was just i mean it was a it was a kicking song and when i heard theirs i was just like oh my god this is the greatest thing since toast <laughs> because it was so irreverent it was yeah. just it's like you know but they weren't it was irreverent but they weren't poking fun of it no, i mean it was they were just doing that it was cake the, style with those sort of deadpan delivered lyrics yeah um, and the trumpet uh-huh, and the, oh, you god, know. the trumpet is so good <laughs> Uh, my one of my favorite radio stations in the Washington D.C. area is DC 101. They they you know hard rock station, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they used to play uh, a Metallica cover of a Queen song called "Stone Cold Crazy," uh, mm. and uh, both versions are fantastic. Uh, this is not a, a situation where Metallica's is lightning uh, light years better than the Queen version. It's just that I first heard the Metallica version. Love this song. It's a short, like it's like a two-minute song. Super fast. It just rips. And uh, I heard the Metallica version first. Stone Cold Crazy. If you haven't heard either of the Queen of the Metallica version, I highly recommend checking it out. They're so much fun. That sounds like that sounds like a good a good search for. Yeah, and you know, and I don't even know I don't even know that some of it, but a lot of the a lot of the bluegrass covers of of just about anything I I adore because just you know like the, the gin and juice about the gore anything that they do I've I've uh, you fall in love with it almost immediately because yeah. they're so dead they're so deadpan except hilarious at the same time and and they take it very serious but not at all yep. Yep. <laughs> and so it's it's just uh, you can't you can't really beat it and there you know and then there's some extremely serious bluegrass bands who are extremely serious about taking Motown or taking heavy metal ACDC yeah or ACDC and turning it into bluegrass music I just I remember the there was a band out of um, out of Detroit they were they were a bluegrass band from Detroit that played the entire Motown catalog and they're like, we play, we play Motown the way it's meant to be, with fiddles and banjos. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fantastic. And there's, there's, they were back in the '80s, uh, and uh, they, you know, it's one of those, that's one of those things where without Spotify, without anything else, I mean, you literally had to come upon 
this stuff. You yeah. had to have a you had to have a friend of a friend who turned that friend on to a cassette mix of of something or, or what a, have you. Or a good DJ or a good radio station that's willing to play some weird stuff uh, and expose people to stuff they would not hear otherwise. Exactly. So what are what are your other I also got, I got three more. Uh, Faith No More makes two spots on my list uh, with Ooh. first their version of War Pigs better than Black Sabbath or Ozzy or whatever that band was called when they did that song. Uh, their version of War Pigs kicks ass. Uh, and it, it's, again, another one of those that I heard theirs first. Uh, so I'm biased. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> however, their version of easy, which we cover their cover, co- yeah. we, we cover we, that song they, Ted, and we do it. We don't do it like them, but it it's closer to what they, the way they do it than the way Lionel Richie does. Yeah. Sure. And what I found out not, once we started doing it was that the, the faith, no more version of easy, they skip a verse. Like for some weird reason in the middle of the song, they don't sing all the verses. Uh, huh. So we don't. It's only two verses. It's <laughs> they they skip a part. Uh, if you compare uh-huh. them, there's a whole part missing from theirs. Oh yeah. Oh uh, wow. But I I love the feeling. I love Mike Patton's vocals. Uh, I love it when mm-hmm. he goes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just cracks me up every time. Uh, and uh, the last one on my list. Uh, this one will piss some people off. I, I think it's. Uh, I mentioned it to you, and you were not happy. Um, but. Uh, Guns N' Roses did a version of Knocking on Heaven's Door that I like a lot. I wasn't not not happy with it, but it's, I mean, it's definitely better than the original. I mean, you know, because it's Bob Dylan and, you know, his his earnestness is, you know, can only go so much. But Knocking on Heaven's Door, I mean, we've we've done it. You know, I, I pull it out all the time because... Why not? It's just gotten old for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the only thing. It's just like I can't imagine playing, you know, as much as I love Wagon Wheel and I loved playing Wagon Wheel. I can't ever imagine even we get even if, you know, the only reason to do it would is, is if IHR got back together for one show. And, it would know, be a song we, we could do. do yeah, it would be a song we could do <laughs> without having to rehearse for six months. Right. Um, and, and we'd probably do that one too. We'd probably do "Knocking on Heaven's Door" too. You know, this is the. Uh, but that, other than that, I don't. I don't hate their version, and by any by any stretch of imagination, I'm just I've never been a big Guns N' Roses fan. You know, yeah. I guess the main thing. I, I I was definitely a big Guns N' Roses fan. So, all right, that's my list. I'm down to uh, the two songs that I think are going to piss people off. Okay, so let me let me hit you up with my uh, with my outsides, um, and one is the is the the elephant in the room. Um, Peter Paul and Mary leaving on a jet plane. Oh yeah, jet plane. From originally John Denver, this is this is one that John Denver actually wrote all by himself. Peter Paul and Mary heard it, and like I think the same year they put it out, and it was fabulous. And then I mean, and it you know it just ran ran rampant on everybody was singing it and everything, and then uh, and then the cover of that was Modern Logic. That uh, that brought about the entire rain dance uh, project was started up from just doing a single of leaving on a jet plane because that was the one song that everybody uh, that got everybody going all the time. Every it was you know without fail. Didn't matter what kind of audience it was or crowd or anything, just went nuts. And then of course now we do a cover of that cover of that cover. So that's we're what three generations down. Yeah. Each one of them different, you know, each one of them almost completely different. When you guys did it as modern logic, did it rock as much as we rock it? Just about not quite. Okay. But it's, uh, it was, there was a lot more, it was all harmony. So Kevin would do the first part of the verse. I would do the second part of the verse. We would both harmonize on the, 
on the bridge, and then Neil would come in and 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 hit with the chorus, and uh, and we would we would start it out with a cappella three part harmony. So it was uh, and it, you know, leaving on a jet plane, and then jump into and then drum drum fill, and then and then uh, guitar parts going all over the place and everything because everybody everybody was you know, when we played it we. I don't know, put five guitars on it, uh, I think. Um, and so it was, uh, it was a real, you know, a pretty big song. And, and uh, we, you know, we definitely rocked it, but we, you know, to be fair, rocks it much harder. Good. I think, because it's just me singing now, because we didn't have the, the lilty vocal uh, part. So it's just like yeah. growl and then more growl. <laughs> I like to join in. I think Brian joins in as well on the chorus, but I don't know that. Oh yeah, I don't know that you could call what we're doing harmonizing. <laughs> no, because you generally just double me. You're it's getting you're getting more harmonies going on, uh, but generally and that and but that works. That works for what we do. The, the doubling, uh, but we started on the on the OOs. You started uh, you started being able to do the do the. I guess I'm technically doing the harmony on that. But you're you're able to hold on hold on your own uh, your own thing now uh, since you've been doing the without getting musical swept stuff. into your harmony instead of doing the melody. <laughs> yeah, and and then uh, and then uh, Brian is actually actually does that um, he does have that uh, capability of harmonizing. Sometimes it's I mean his is old uh, like old Presbyterian harmonies or something. And and that uh, can get a little weird at times, but you know, by and large, on that song, he harmonizes right in the pocket. Uh, but I would know, you know, having us do an acapella uh, opening for anything would be a, a, a real stretch, because <laughs> we could do that live every time. Boom, you know, yeah. it's just like you know, and uh, it would be it would be scary. I don't know that I could do it anymore. You know, it's just. It's, that's the way it is. So that's that's my that's my number one. And then um, uh, there's a couple. I got two that were. I mean, everybody knows it. I mean, everybody's seen it. First one's Proud Mary. Okay. CCR. Tina, uh, I I can Tina Turner. They. I mean, this, the original CCR version is kind of lackadaisical. And then I can Tina Turner basically do two covers of it in one song. Yeah. seen you know i've seen her do uh just the up version and it doesn't matter she could do just the down version just the up version or the whole thing and completely blow ccr out of the water with it and uh and then the other one which uh, was actually the winner of of the top uh cover song best cover song ever and there's there's things to be said about that uh, Dolly Parton wrote a beautiful song uh, when she had to when she had to go out and become a super mega star and leave her mentor Porter Wagner uh, with his uh, rhinestone suits and everything to go off and become the Dolly Parton that she is today. And she wrote, "I will always love you." And uh, a lot of people did not realize when Whitney Houston came out with that. Uh, with the uh, Bodyguard soundtrack, that that was a Dolly Parton song. The Dolly song is absolutely beautiful, but it is about as far removed from the uh, Whitney Houston song as the cake version of Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> we both know that I'm not what you need. song you know in a different in a different uh mode but that far apart because 
it, the the original is seriously uh, down, you know, very very solemn and very somber, and uh, and very you know almost whispered, and uh, that was so that was that was my uh, you know it was it was a definitely a valid selection for best uh, best cover song of all time. But I think we got. Uh, I think we got some more stuff because some of these things didn't even make it to their, to their. They were like they, you know, passed over it in, you know, in the uh, in the whittling down there, or not even the whittling in, just the nominations. And I was like, man, you can't, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> so I'm ready to get pissed off. Okay. Uh, I think the first thing that's going to piss people off is that there's not a lot, there's not a lot of room for cover songs of Prince songs to be better than Prince, right? Like that's, that's going to be tough. That's going to be a tall it's tough. Unless he wrote the song for the, no, person. no, no, this is not that. This is not Sinead O'Connor's th- song. Like this isn't, that. <laughs> uh, no, this was a Prince song first. I, mm-hmm. I didn't hear the Prince song first. So it's another one of those where I'm biased because I heard this other version first. Didn't know it was a cover, just heard it. And uh, and then I heard the original. I love Prince's version of this song, but I love the original. I love the cover version that I heard first more. And I'm going to try to. Uh, I really want to see your face when I. Start is it Tom playing. Jones's kiss? Yes, yes, it is. You don't have to be beautiful to turn me on. <laughs> I don't have to play it now. I'll play it. I'll, I'll add it in post. We're play gonna, it for everybody because I bet I bet a lot of people haven't even heard Tom Jones's version oh, with man. the Arden Tom Jones with the Arden noise. And there's another version of Kiss that's a very and I go I have no idea what the band was, but it was a one hit wonder kind of thing. They played a almost metal version of Kiss, mm. and it was amazing. Uh, but I don't know that it's even out on. This was back in the right after he released released it in the eighties. So. Okay. You don't have to be Prince if you want to dance. You just have to get down with the age of chance. You don't have to be beautiful, rich, handsome, or strong. You just have to use a brain cell and tell right. Because we covered we covered that cover of Kiss to, to uh, and it is stomping, you know. Whereas Kiss itself is very lilty and, uh-huh. and light, and, and he's and got everything. that super high, uh, very light the, falsetto in the original, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, Prince's range uh, is is, uh, is on sick. full display <laughs> in that song because he he goes mm-hmm. into some baritone at some point. You're like, whoa, hold on, is that the same person? <laughs> it's an, it's insane. Uh, and, but Tom Jones is, is just kind of a, a, a you know, a, a Motown rocker. We've got some horns in there and it's, you know, it's Tom Jones being full on Tom Jones. And yeah, I, he did. He gave it the full Tom Jones treatment, man. It is. It's amazing. I love it. I Sorry. Love you it. didn't piss me off on that one. Okay. So did I'll, you know, did, did you know that on the original version the Prince version, there is no bass guitar. You don't have to be beautiful. I didn't realize that, no. Yeah, well, next time you listen to it, because you don't, you can't, you're not paying attention to it. You know, you're not going, oh well, there's no, there's no bass guitar. In it. But ever since I found that out, I've been, I listened to several other Prince songs from that era. No bass guitar on any of them. Huh? It's all, yeah. It's <laughs> you just don't even think about it. 
until until you until you think about it, you know. So it was that was pointed out on a on a Prince podcast somewhere, wow. and uh, I was uh, it was like, huh, I never even thought of it. But yeah, no no bass guitar. It was like it's basically just a drum machine and like a one uh, like some other kind of percussion something. And it's just, it's hard to imagine such perfection with so little. Yeah. All right. I I'm con- I'm more confident that this next choice is going to piss you off. <laughs> Bring it. Okay. So this next one I'm, uh, before I reveal the uh, the singer that did this cover version uh, been been doing stuff since 1975. Uh, he's uh, he was more of a rocker back then in a bland called a band called Blackjack. Don't know, I never knew that uh, in in the late 70s. Um, it was rumored that he had auditioned for Black Sabbath uh, and didn't get the lead vocals uh, job in that band and instead it went to Ozzy. He has dispelled that rumor, but the fact that it was a rumor is significant because you, once you know who this is, you would be like, what? Uh, it, this, uh, this cover version, it was one of his first major hits in 1987. I would have been 13 when I heard this on mm-hmm. the radio. Uh, I went out and bought the cassette single and played it in my Walkman on my walk to the bus to go to school. Uh, the Kasingle. The Kasingle. Uh, and uh, I, again, uh, I am guilty of hearing this version of the song first before I heard the original. The original is such a classic uh, and is so good that it's almost blasphemous that I like this version better. Uh, it is. It's blasphemous. Oh, I am racking my brain, man. You're gonna, you're this gonna, could be good. Think, this could be good. Yeah, I don't. I do. I, I think there's no chance in hell you're gonna figure this out. So, uh, and again, I definitely want to. You gonna play it? I want to see your face when I play this, uh, and I don't want you to know it until you hear it. So I'm gonna try to do this right. Uh, so let me try. Sitting in the morning sun, I'll be sitting when the evening comes. Watching. Then I watch them roll away again Sitting on the dark of the bed Watching the tide roll away Sitting on the dark of the bed Wasting time Sitting on the dock of the bed Sitting on the dock of the bay. I don't even know if I've heard that one. Yeah. And and you still haven't because our technology is not working. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the show, I'm going to be putting this in so that you can have uh, people, you can hear it in the show. When you go back and okay. do your cute quality assurance to make sure I've edited the show properly, I w- you will yes, hear Yes, oh, then. you dang skippy, yes. This is full, but- big hair, Michael Bolton- Oh yeah, man! Covering sitting on the dock of the bay. Actually, you know, I do remember that. I do remember that video, so I have heard it. Yeah, but I, I could have. You know, that's when a man loves a woman is extremely controversial because he kind of oversings it, like he does. He 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 went full Michael Bolton on it. Yeah, uh, but I really like that cover. You know, I I am not a Michael Bolton hater. Not, uh, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to own any of his uh, albums or anything, but I'm not a hater at all. He's uh, he's proven to be a guy who's got a pretty good self-deprecating sense of humor. He's been on Saturday Saturday Night Live a few times. His but, cause some of those commercials that he's done has just been pure yeah. gold. I mean, he knows he knows his place in history, and he is just happy to be there. You know. Uh, when I told my mom, I was like, man, I got this, I found this great song and I played her my single. Uh, and she's like, you know, that's a cover of a, like the original is so much better than that song. Uh, and then I went and listened to the original. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> uh, who is actually Ot- my Otis my- Redding? Isn't that the original? Otis Redding. Yeah. I left my home in Georgia. 
headed for the Frisco Bay Cause I've had nothing to live for And look like nothing's gonna come my way So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time My, actually my, my favorite version is uh, Playing for Change uh, the international group that yeah. that assembles people From all, over, all that. over the world. Oh my God! That and that and that has Otis's brother on it. So oh. it, you know, they get every every song that they do, they get full. They get full clearance from the family or the actual artist if the artist is still alive, uh, and they generally have either the artist or the or someone in the family. That is still playing music, of course, um, in in the the thing, and, uh, and um, but the just what the way they do that is just amazing. We should probably do a podcast on that just to just to uh, on the playing for James highlight Jones. that. Yeah, because I mean, what they go through to do that is just insane, and the way it comes out is even more insane that it could actually work. Period. <laughs> at yeah, all yeah ever <laughs> uh there's, but, a, there's uh, another thing that's kind of similar to that this guy started and i heard about it on the the 20,000 hertz podcast and i can't remember the name of it right now but it's uh it basically has put together a choir of a thousand voices uh oh yeah i heard that podcast and it started yeah. off with just like 30 or 40 voices and then every year mm -hmm. it gets bigger and bigger and uh, the, I can't. Yeah, that's that's one of his earlier one. That's one of his earlier podcasts. I wonder where it is now because oh, they've, he's, they've he's made he's re-released that uh, podcast about the the choir because it's with it's updates grown so much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because it's every year it gets bigger and people find out more and more and more about it, and and somehow they're and somehow they do that in real time too, and I don't. Uh, but he has to compile all that in post. Uh, oh yeah, is what he's doing. Uh, and I know what it takes to edit this podcast, <laughs> so I can't yeah. even imagine what it takes to do the, all of that and put thousands and thousands of uh, voices uh, together as one in a choir. Right. That's um. And <clears throat> but then again, that's what that's what they do. You know, that's their profession, and they have a lot faster equipment than we have mm -hmm. uh plus that's what they do and you know yeah it's going to take him a hundred and some hours to do it but he, that's what he does so yeah. you know it's not like it's not like he's getting home from work and doing his other things and then going at midnight going oh, i better do some editing on this project that i've got i'm only four years into it you know <laughs> uh so it's you know the, you, you take the time when you need to all right, so that was yeah, that was definitely controversial. You weren't going to get a hate a hate for me uh, because I somebody I actually, out there is is oh somebody not out there is happy. human, most likely your mom. Uh, <laughs> she she doesn't have a whole lot of hate uh, in her heart, so I don't think she's going to no. hate on this. I, I I'm thinking of some folks uh, and uh, this guy I work with at Crutchfield who uh, he does. He he hated the movie The Commitments and the uh, the soundtrack that came out that was so popular uh, with you know which was a bunch of uh, white British young people singing the songs of older singing black Motown men. yeah well yeah uh, and he didn't like and the stacks fact. and yeah I, I love those songs Mustang Sally and all that whole album was just great start to finish. And uh, he just hates it. Like, he just makes him mad to even think that it exists. And uh, I, oh, wow. I, so, I, I, I picture him listening to this podcast, which he won't because he doesn't listen to podcasts. But <laughs> if he were But to, I, wonder, I wonder what he thinks about the Blues Brothers. He probably doesn't like them either. <laughs> I don't, even though, even I don't though they use the original musicians. Maybe. Maybe, that was maybe the, they get you know, a pass. Because that might even make it worse. I don't know. Who knows? Because well, that was, that if you was know also, this guy, if you know this guy, get him a give us a call. Yeah, <laughs> I know him. I'll I'll send him a link. Maybe he can just listen. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, just because I want to piss him off. 
Um, no, he's a good friend, uh, but uh, he's not going to be happy that I like Michael Bolton over Otis Redding. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, like I say, there's no accounting for for taste, but especially if that's the you know if that's the original. Uh, I mean, that's your your original is the Michael Bolton version. You know? Correct. It's yes. like, I mean, there's a ton of there's a ton of. Uh, you know, of course, you know, Led Zeppelin. Half of their stuff was cover songs of old, of old blues songs, and you know, especially the early stuff. Uh, and they got away with saying it was theirs because there was no ownership to the songs. And and then they went through and started finding people. You know, would run across these songs and go, "Wait a minute, that sounds like Black Dog," or, or you know, that sounds like Dire Maker or whatever. And uh, you but you listen to those songs and you know and of course they're recorded with you know a five dollar microphone on on probably reused tape in the middle of a cornfield or whatever they sound awful you can barely hear the guy obviously the cover is going to be better because you know unless you're just a this purist that has to have that original everything you know is is front and center original um, and yes, those are really cool recordings to have them after all these, you know, decades and decades, uh, you know, to, to be able to, to listen to and learn from and everything. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of those cases, those were not the definitive, you know, the, def the definitives of the songs themselves, because that was literally one performance caught on tape. You know, and, yeah. you know, those guys didn't, you know, a lot of those old blues dudes didn't even tune, you know, they didn't know what tuning their guitar was. They tuned it to the key of I and uh, and they just played. And and so, you know, but to say that that is the definitive, uh, you know, version of that song is, I, you know, I believe is, is a little, a little stretching stretching it just a bit so. yeah so my two have zero controversy okay <laughs> to the to the point of uh the the original the original writers of the songs have both uh both have blessed the uh as, as was the dolly song dolly you know dolly said hey you know she's you know she did the definitive version. I'm going to still do my version, but I like hers better, you know. But uh, the first one uh, is is something, that, and in both of these are also everybody knows them. They're not. These are not. Uh, you know, these are not. Oh man, he went down into the deepest deepest pit of his uh, of his uh, record collection to find these. Now these are these are just songs that everybody knows, but. And the first one, a lot of people did not know that it was uh, that it was not his song, but that's uh, Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah. Well, I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? Leonard, Leonard Cohen put it out in 1984. And Leonard Cohen is a poet um, and a songwriter. He's not a performer. I mean, he's—I think the, the, I read somewhere where he's performed. May, he's performed more in the last ten years than he has done in, in his entire life. Uh, but and the guy's seventy some years old. You know, he just—he he doesn't like performing. He doesn't. You know. He would he would write down the songs and and uh, sometimes he would sell them to you know to other artists and sometimes he would but he would always you know kind of make a recording of them for posterior sake for posterity and um, you know but it, that wasn't that wasn't the thing for him you know and it's like anybody that wants to do my songs you know just send me some money and uh, and let's do them and uh, so Nick uh, John Cale put out a a version uh in the 80s that people uh, no in 1991 
uh, put out version 91 and everyone loved that. I mean, it was like, oh no, that's the definitive version. And uh, because, you know, he can carry a tune better than Leonard Cohen. Uh, but then, but then Buckley's came out and uh, just blew everybody away because it was so. I mean, the guy was, the guy was in major emotional distraught. I mean, majorly emotionally distraught uh, for basically his whole life, and and he let it all out in that song, and you could feel it. You could just it it, it seeped right into your bones. And uh, you know he embodied it, and uh, of course a lot of people also think it's a religious song, and it is not at all. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's by the furthest thing that you could get from an actual religious song, but um, but he just he 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 you know just from us you know once again it's it's him and a guitar, no no big production, no you know no bells, no whistles or anything like that. Um, just just knocked it out of the park, and that will forever now be, you know. And everybody and their brother tries to cover it now, but you know, I've I've wanted to cover it, but I'm like I can't even think about doing justice to it. You know, I think just, Adam Lambert's version from American Idol was pretty popular when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did okay, but Jeff Buckley's. You know, you're not gonna. And and still on those on, on those singing shows, you know, every so often you got somebody, you got somebody out there singing Hallelujah, and yeah, they'll they'll do fine. But everybody's going to get compared to Jeff Buckley. I mean, you, it, just like anybody that's singing, I will always love you is going to get compared to Whitney Houston, you know. And if you can't, if you ain't got that, you you just you just made a huge mistake. Um, and because um, they're like, uh, there's there's one. It's just a quick aside uh, from those shows. The different ways that I've heard "Creep" by Radiohead done is just it. It tells you what an amazing song that is. It's like I've always said. You can tell. You could tell us how good a song is by how many different ways it can be played or performed or recorded or, you know, how many different ways it can be performed, how many genres it can touch. Uh, and you know, the better the song, the more fluid it is amongst the genres. It does not have to be a rock song. It does not have to be a country song. It does not have to be a folk song, What you know, whatever. It, it, that's the sign of a great song and creep is is you know even though there's no other definitive version other than radiohead i've heard it done in uh, in numerous numerous different genres and every time it is just solid it's a really really solid song uh but my number one in this in this what kind of brought onto this whole podcast was I was really pissed off that it didn't even make their list uh, because ever since this came out, the original uh, writer of the song has said, nope, not going to perform it anymore. It's no longer my song. But please buy these versions because I, you know, I like the money. Um, but, uh, and I think you know who this is. I think I do. I think I know exactly where you're going with this. Uh, I was at uh, I was at a museum for this gentleman uh, in Nashville last week. Oh uh, yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. Right? You know and exactly who this is and what we're talking about. There was, a, and on that and on that album, there were several very, very amazing uh, cover songs. Uh, one one being of a Depeche Mode song, which you know uh, he turned in. Yeah, which he turned into a gospel song. Yeah, uh, and uh, but this one, this one takes uh, takes them all. I, I just thoroughly believe it. Uh, Trent Reznor wrote it, Nine Inch Nails, uh, and oddly enough, I had not heard the original either when when I heard Johnny Cash's version of Hurt. Uh, come out, even though I was a Nine Inch Nails fan, the reason I hadn't heard it because it was the last cut 
on side B of the record that no one ever played. You know, it, it just uh, it was not it was it was not something that was getting any kind of airplay. He would do it. Uh, he would do it in, and it was also very slow and and very uh, very stark. And so that very rarely made it to a live set. Yeah. And, um, but then, uh, Johnny Cash did it and Trent Reznor is just like, okay, well, uh, you won't hear me doing it again. <laughs> so, uh, because he just embodied the, the, the song so much. I've definitely, that, uh, done it. The, the thing on Spotify where I've played the Johnny Cash and then I played the Trent Reznor just back to back. I just wanted to hear mm -hmm. How did Johnny Cash get this out of that? Uh, <laughs> and there is just no comparison as far as what song moves you. Like the it's the it's all of the same lyrics, but the Trent Reznor version doesn't move you at all. Yeah. For some reason, even though they're from him, right? They're from his, the mind of Trent Reznor. It just sounds like it's for Johnny Cash. Uh, it's just right. embodies him, and it's just. It's him. Uh, and so Trent Reznor is absolutely right to just disown that song uh, other than making the money. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, it is a Johnny Cash song for sure. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real yeah and uh, the the story is that that uh, when uh, um, when he was presented with, hey, let's do some cover songs, he just picked picked up his guitar and heard that song. He goes, yeah, let's do that one. And they just rolled tape, and there it is. Well, th and, th this uh, is from the years of recording sessions with him, with Johnny Cash and Rick. With Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin, yeah. Uh, and I forget what show I was listening to where Rick Rubin talked a lot about, it was an interview show, it was like, fresh air on NPR or something like that. Like some, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I remember that. And Rick Rubin talked about these recording sessions. Uh, and, and if I remember Rick, that story, right, Rick Rubin pitched it to Johnny. He's like, here, try this. And Johnny at first was like, what? I don't think so. And Rick Rubin's like, no, seriously, give it a try. And so it took a little convincing. Yeah. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like instantaneous, but basically yeah. he just, played it he's just you know after some persistence he just played it and rick rubin's like god i'm glad i turned the tape machine on yeah <laughs> or, yeah so good yeah i think yeah, but we landed, then we landed in the right place here man for sure yeah man i love landing in the right and and, and that shows goes to show that's what we come at these from two completely different angles and somehow we always we always end up in the same spot. If you uh, happen to be in Nashville, go to the Johnny Cash Museum. Uh, the the last exhibit in the museum as you as you go through this maze uh, of Johnny Cash's life. Uh, but it's got the the chair that he was sitting in in the video, uh, and the wall that was behind him uh, is recreated uh, because mm -hmm. the house he lived in burned down after he died. Uh, that was where that song was actually recorded at his home. And, mm -hmm. uh, but they've got as many things as they could that lived through the fire, uh, in that, uh, exhibit. Uh, and it's just a really, really well done. It's a great museum. If you're a Johnny Cash fan at all. Um, oh, yeah. for example, did you know his name was J.R.? Oh, his, I did not. His, the name on his birth certificate does not have a actual full first name. It is J.R. Cash. R. Cash. That's his oh, name. Oh, wow. 
And when he when he was in the military, they said, "No, you have to have a first name." So he said, "John," and that's yeah. Been, and he's been Johnny Cash ever since. But his actual legal name is J.R. Cash. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And now you can tell people that that you're named after Johnny Cash and not after J.R. Ewing. <laughs> yeah, it's a way cooler thing to be after Johnny Cash for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for listening. This has been Small Things Considered, a Ranch Hand Records production. Brought to you by Ranch Hand Records, presenting the Fall Alt Fest at Luna Azul Farms on October 21st. And What Is It About You, the new YouTube channel, where I get to talk to random strangers and find out what makes them interesting. It was written, produced, researched, and fact-checked by Gary and JR. And then I edit it. And then I run the QA, or Quality Assurance Check. Our theme song, Picture This, is by our band, To Be Fair, and is available on tobefair.com. A link will be provided in the podcast notes. Sign up for the Facebook group and troll us. Or you can email us at smallthingsconsideredpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite platform, share, like, and rate if possible. And don't forget Three Things with JR, posting on alternate weeks with Small Things Considered, and my YouTube <laughs> channel, What Is It About You? Check it out at WIIAY.com. A link will be provided in the podcast notes. For JR, I'm Gary. And for Gary, I'm JR. And just remember, don't sweat the small stuff. Just let us consider it. What have I become, my sweetest friend? Everyone I know goes away in the end. And you could have it all, my empire of dirt. I will make you hurt If I could start again A million miles away I would keep myself I would find a way